Hey, you're listening to Java Chat. Coffee with Mike here. Today we're going to be doing a an interview with a very interesting young lady by the name of Danielle. She is a growth and or scaling expert. She knows how to scale businesses by instituting some really cool things in regards to automation. So we'll talk a little bit with Danielle. Music today brought to you by Hook Sounds. Cool little thing called Funky Grooves. Hey everybody, welcome to Java Chat. This is Coffee with Mike, and we are we're doing something special today here on Anchor. Uh, and for those of you listening to this podcast anywhere else, Overcast, Spotify, thanks for listening. I really appreciate every, appreciate every single one of you. Um, if you guys happen to be listening to this on any of the other social media outlets, such as Facebook or something like that, and you get some value out of this, do me a favor. Make sure you reshare this out to your networks. I got somebody special today. This is really cool. I We've been talking about doing this for the better part of almost a year already. And we've finally got it to a point where I can settle down and go, hey, I'm ready. <laughs> so I want to introduce you folks to um, – uh, I want to say right now she's a friendly acquaintance, although I kind of already feel like she's a little bit of a sister. So this is Danielle D. She has a financial business, um, and let me let me. I'm I'm actually going to ask her to introduce herself in a second, but I want to I want to make sure I say this right. Hang on, Danielle, don't shoot me yet. Give me a second. I should already know this by now. New Legacy Financial Solutions. That's what it is. She she owns and operates a financial consultancy. Now, not as a certified financial planner, to my understanding. This is more based on the brilliance of being able to help uh, business owners scale their business, uh, you know, whether they're nonprofit, for-profit, real estate, you know, she gives them actual custom workflows that help to automate a lot of the processes that we as solopreneurs and small business owners have a tendency to get stuck in so that we don't get stuck in them but that they become more of a flow where we just, you know, we work on the business not so much in the business, um, and it creates greater cash flow potential. And I think a lot of people get stuck on that. And we'll get into that in a minute. Um, so hi, Danielle. How's it going? Thanks for coming. Really appreciate you Thanks doing for this. Having me. I'm excited about this. <laughs> yeah, we've been we've been we've been trying to do this for for a few months now. I, I know. So uh, I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, do me a favor. Go ahead and talk a little bit about where you're from. Um, and maybe how you got into what you're doing uh, at present as a consultant? Uh, where I'm from, that is a tricky question because I've lived <laughs> all over. Um, I call North Carolina home, though, specifically Raleigh. And wow. um, I technically never had um, a real job um, aside what from bartending and that business, so I started off doing um, odd jobs, and then I settled okay. on babysitting, and then I go. scaled it from there. Utah. Okay, and cool. So, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. I just wanted to – I was like, she had a job at 12? What the heck? Yeah. Um, it was pretty cool. Um, I, I was a very rich teenager. Nice. And um, <laughs> well for myself in my 20s as well. Um, but, yeah, I – I got into what I do. I, I currently work in seven industries. 
simultaneously, mm -hmm. um, which may sound kind of crazy, but um, I balance it all through, again, uh, automation systems and workflow. I'm really big into productivity. And um, they all, in a sense, overlap in some way or another. Okay. And so that helps me keep things straight. Um, and currently, um, I am a growth strategist and certified grant writer. And so actually what I do, it's not on the financial side, it's um, business development is what I there do. There we go. Cool. Sweet. Love it. Um, what are the seven industries that you're across right now at present? Um, so the service industry, um, mm -hmm. I still do bartending. Um, it's a way for me to monetize my social life. Sure. And so um, I figured if I'm going to go out, I might as well get paid for it, right? Yes, ma'am. So I do that. Um, I'm in the military. I've been in the Army Reserves for over 10 years now. And so thank that you. covers thank the government sector. Thank you for sector. your service. Thank you for your service. Really appreciate you on that. Okay. Appreciate it. Um, I work in the financial industry still. Um, I help with venture capital and fundraising and just raising money in general. Mm -hmm. um, the nonprofit sector. Mm -hmm. The legal industry. Mm-hmm. Um, the business industry in general, as what I do, I help people both online and offline. Mm -hmm. And real estate. I have a separate company, um, and we specialize in community redevelopment. Mm -hmm. um, I also work mm -hmm. a lot with um, what people jokingly call pretty houses, but it's um, a form mm -hmm. of wholesaling where I work with higher-end homes instead of the ugly houses. Um, nice. War zones are need rehab, I work with um, homes that are primarily turnkey ready or light cosmetic work. They call it lipstick on a pig. Yeah, yeah, I remember that term, sure. Um, I'm actually in, um, I'm actually in uh, private lending, so we, we have access to some commercial size uh, lenders that do some pretty big things, so it's definitely a great place to play. That's awesome. Yeah, Wonder bar. So when did you start figuring out that all of this, the, the workflow thing, I mean, obviously more people need to understand that having a system in place that works for you is better. But I mean, when did you start figuring this stuff out? Was it back when you were in your early teens or was it later on or how did, how did that come about? Um, it was definitely in my early teens um, because, again, I, I actually scaled my first business when I was 12. And so, like I said, I started with babysitting and then I realized that there's so many other avenues that leads into. And so mm -hmm. I went from just being a babysitter to doing grocery shopping for people, meal prep, uh -huh. helping them with uh -huh. the budget. Uh -huh. I um, also was a uh, companion for the elderly. So essentially I babysat elderly people. Um, mm -hmm. I don't like saying it like that, but yeah, a companion for um, elderly folks. Mm -hmm. uh, and I also helped them out with their meal prep and grocery shopping because they, they're not as mobile as um, mm -hmm. their people. And then you're you're the, you're the reason for uh, Gig Rabbit. Yeah, yeah, and Uber Eats and all that fun stuff. And Uber Eats um, and all of that. Yes, yes, that cut me a check. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and so I did that, and then when I got into high school, uh, I was 13, 14 years old. Um, I'd always wanted to be a lawyer ever since I was very, very small, and so I was like, okay. Um, let me put together some sort of portfolio presentation and pass it along to the attorneys that are local. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, again, lead with value. That's the number one thing to do. Absolutely. So I told him, here's what I can do for you. And at first it was kind of 
tough breaking to the industry, especially being, you know, 14 years old. Um, mm. But eventually, uh, one attorney in particular took me under his wing, and he was like, you know what? I like your drive. I like your ambition. He's like, let's give it a shot. And so what I noticed more than anything is that they didn't need a paralegal. They need somebody who did project management. Mm -hmm. So I helped with getting the systems in place for the onboarding. I helped determine which attorneys were best for what type of client, whether it was dependent on the niche mm -hmm. um, or just like personality-wise. Because, again, personality-based marketing is something that's really huge in my business and all. Oh, sure. So um, getting those together it kind of helped me realize how important workflows and systems were um, back then automation wasn't too big um, but I was able to help with um, again like with um, questionnaires and stuff um, how to get rid of the tire kickers get rid of the people who weren't suited for that particular um, legal firm More on anything? No, nope, actually, um, I, <clears throat> I was dealing with a technical issue here just now. <laughs> oh, okay. I think I, I think I actually, I actually somehow got knocked off there for a sec, but I'm pretty sure we caught everything. There we are. We're back online. Um, interesting, because in the legal realm, one of the things that I noticed is exactly what you addressed, which is the the personality marketing portion. I here in in I'm in Las Vegas. Where, you're North Carolina, is that correct? Yeah, North Carolina. Okay. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, and, and I'm not, maybe there are major similarities, maybe there are some divergences, but I've, I've noticed that they're very used to, especially the personal injury guys, they're very used to traditional style marketing. And when you try to bring them value with regards to what they can do elsewhere um, for less and get more clients and basically get a greater return on their marketing dollars, a lot of them are not very, they're, they're, it's like they've been trained to think only in the traditional sense. And I'm only I'm only going on legal for right now. We can we can talk about the others if you wish, but because I do work in the legal realm as well, and I've found it very very difficult, just like you did at first, to break into that industry. Um, <clears throat> at least when it comes to the personal injury folks. Um, so let's do this because I do have a couple of attorneys that do listen. What do you think would probably be a good suggestion that? an attorney, let's say they're just getting started. Um, we, we got a group out here I like to call the billboard boys. There's about five or six of them. They've got billboards all over town. And I've talked with one of them, um, explained to them what online could possibly do for them, how it can work, et cetera, et cetera. His eyes glazed over. <laughs> I couldn't, I, and I tried it from different angles to explain to him the value of doing certain things online. Um, just didn't seem to wax with him. He just didn't get it. Is there something that you can give to the guys that are starting out? He's he's fairly well established now. Um, what what they could possibly do to begin looking at scaling and systematizing their practice, um, including the very thing that you you mentioned, the, the whole project management thing. What what would you what would you give as a beginning piece of advice? I would say. Um let go of being so technical and so fact-based and mm -hmm. focus on connecting with people, you know? So in order to persuade people, you have to hit them at their emotions. Sure. You know, why should they hire you out of the other group of attorneys out there? Or what mm -hmm. makes that firm so special? Or how, do, how can I trust that you're going to take care of my case and handle it with care and, mm -hmm. you know, make sure that, you know, 
with respect to personal injury, that they're going to get the maximum amount of money back or that they're going to have some sort of security in the future. Yeah, because there's and a that lot all of them. To the emotion, not yeah. just here's what I can do for you. Here's the school I went to. You know, I graduated this number in my class, which I don't think that attorneys do that anymore. But no, they, they know, stop. They, they rely more. They rely more nowadays on testimonials. But when you're fresh coming into the market, you don't have yeah. any. So yeah. what you're what you're saying right there, just really there was one guy that one of the billboard boys talks about less fee, more more lawyer. And if you look at his photo, he, he looks like a normal Joe. You know, he's not dressed to the nines. He's not. I mean, he's he's got a he's got a dress shirt on, but he's not got the tie and, and coat. He's he's and he almost looks like he's got a five o'clock shadow. And I'm pretty much I'm pretty sure he's booked. And I think it has to do with that. I mean, I'm, as far as the billboard goes, obviously, it's like here I'm, I'm being transparent. This is what I really look like. This is me. Not a lot of fluff, but I can get you what I can get you. I think that speaks more to his personality, at least on the billboard side. So if they're if they're doing that, where where do you think, where would you suggest would be a good place for them to play, so to speak? We all know about the social platforms, but just being online at Facebook doesn't do nothing. Where would they need to play um, within Facebook or within Instagram or wherever? What 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 do you think are are good places for attorneys to go and start building that social credibility? where they can show people, hey, I'm a real person. I'm not just some dude with a degree. Um, I would definitely start at places where people are likely to get injured or whatever their specialty is, whether they're mm -hmm. high divorce rate and mm -hmm. we're accordingly. Mm -hmm. um, that's how I actually got into real estate is because I started off as a family and domestic law paralegal. But, you know, mm -hmm. just like a tornado in Kansas, in real estate, somebody's bound to lose a house, right? And so yep. I ended up with a lot of real estate attorneys and found my I found a passion in that. Yep. And so places where people get hurt is like extreme sports. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Or yeah. Uh, <laughs> labor jobs. Yeah. So networking <clears throat> people who are in those fields. So connect with construction workers. Connect with um, welders. Um, I've got a really good friend. He pours cement, but you'd be surprised at how many people get hurt doing that. Oh, masons. Yeah, they get hurt. I, I used to work in construction. Um, I was a, a PM for a, a general contractor, project manager. And uh, boy, let me tell you, the masons were the ones we looked after the most because they were the most prone to wrenching backs. Uh, they, they carry these five pound freaking hammers to pound stakes in the ground. Like that's not enough. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I, yeah. So I, I that, that makes absolute sense. Um, yeah. Trying to see what else we got here. Are we still on? Yep, we're still online. It's still good. Startups. When you're talking about general business, there's a ton of entrepreneurs. I mean, everybody's got their little celebrity thing going and selling their info products and their masterminds and all that kind of stuff. Before somebody gets into one of those things, it's usually good. By the way, we kind of do the same thing. You're, you, we play in the in kind of the same realms, which is one of the reasons I'm so glad you're here. Um, because for one, it lends to my credibility. I actually know what I'm talking about. Um, what would you say a new business owner should start thinking about with regards to building a business um, and then how to transition from the, the start to the scale? And this is, this is the thing that we love to deal with is the scaling part, is figuring out systems to scale a business. But when they're just starting out, what, do you, what would be a good piece of advice you think 
for them to get themselves set up so that they can scale properly? Um, I think, you know, marketing 101, start with where you're at, with what you have and what you know. I would do a massive brain dump and think about, okay, what skills and experience have I got up until this point that I can monetize? And so whether it's if you are, you know, you've got a golden mouthpiece and you can just sell anything, whether right. you are really good at connecting people, whether mm -hmm. you are really good at building things or figuring out problems or, you know, connecting with people with, with words. Figure out what you can do with that and then do market research and figure out, okay, who do you want to work with and who you don't want to work with? Because that's really, really important. I know in the beginning people will take money from anybody. That just in turn will make you bitter and it will make you quit before you've really even begun. Got it. And so I would kind of iron that out and then I would start to test test your product or service. The market will tell you. Yep. yep. The market will tell you yeah. whether or not you got something. Exactly, and same thing with the pricing, mm -hmm. because I know people who charge ten grand a month to work with them, and I know people who will charge five hundred dollars a month. They're selling the exact same thing. I yeah. know there's a pretty popular brand strategist, at least I, I can feel like in our circle. Um, she started off selling website designs for I think seven fifty. Yeah. And now she charges almost ten grand for like, yeah, and she brags about, about she brags about it's the exact same package, and she says it with a big old smile. Yep. That she's charging people, you know, and from seven fifty to five figure investment, and people are still buying it though. She's fully booked. Yeah. So that should also tell a startup too that your idea is has value and it's worth something to someone. I think that falls over to the old um, the old adage of um, perceived value versus value perceived. Um, mm -hmm. I, I I'll share this story. Years ago, I learned it from. Uh, <laughs> the former general sales manager of one of the largest car dealerships in uh, Hawaii. It was a Chevy dealership. <clears throat> and he said, you know, it's interesting. I come across people all the time that when I'm selling a product of any kind, because he had already left the car industry, so when I'm selling a product of any kind, how much perceived value someone has in their mind is usually not the same as that actual value that's perceived and the difference between the two is what somebody sees and what somebody's actually going to pay for it. And your your talk about market research is is super spot on. And for those that are just thinking about getting into the market with a product, with a service, whatever, what, what doesn't matter. That market research portion is insanely important. Because if you walk out into the marketplace believing that you have something amazing, and you may you may well have, but you've got a couple of other things that could be working against you. One is timing. Two is desire to attain or need, if you will. And three is just whether or not people have the money for it. Again, our friend who started at 750 and is now at 10 grand and is still booked, that's because the people perceive that value of 10,000 and they and they feel they get it when it's done. That's the big that's another big one is is it's not just market research pre, it's post as well. Did you like what you got? Did you enjoy the service or product? Are you still getting the kind of service or product you expected when you paid that seven fifty to ten thousand dollars? It's it's insanely important to do that, and it's one it's one of the most boring parts of of building a business because unless you're an analytical, then then you love doing that stuff. But for the ones that are hyper extroverts like myself, that's a hard part of the business for us to sit down and actually look at numbers and figure out does this really work? Does it really make sense? Um, Thankfully, I've gotten a little better at it, but 
you get the point. Um, you mentioned you are in fundraising, <clears throat> finance, basically finance, VC fundraising and stuff like that. What kind of projects have you worked on? Um, so I've worked a lot with um, grassroots nonprofits, okay. getting them off the ground. So we'll host like uh, very affordable black tie events. Nice. Um, nice. We'll do partnerships with local restaurants to where, you know, they come in on a certain night and a particular dessert or meal. Um, all pro Anyone who orders that proceeds go back to the nonprofit. Okay. Um, I work with uh, real estate investors. So I'm direct to several hedge funds nationwide. And I've raised capitals for um, privately for that. Um, and I'm also a certified grant writer. And so I've raised funds just through writing proposals. You and I need to discuss something um, that I want to talk to you about. And it has to do with the historical grant that the U.S. Uh, federal government offers. I need to, I want to, we'll, we'll take that conversation offline. That's pretty cool. Because, okay. um, yeah, I, I know that there's some stuff. Especially for those that know me, know I'm involved in a whiskey company that actually has like one of the last prohibition recipes left uh, from Carroll County, Iowa, which is where Al Capone got a lot of his favorite whiskey. So, um, cool story on that one. Some other time, I'm sure. I had one more question for you. Let me see if I can. I wrote it down. <clears throat> That's right. I forgot. You're a single parent like me. Yes. How the hell do you balance all of this? <laughs> um, well, aside from being um, freakishly good at productivity, um, I've built more than anything a lifestyle business, so I'm able to work around it. And actually, starting this year, I'm homeschooling my daughter, which makes That's it that much easier. Yeah, and so, I agree. Um, and plus, I just feel like public school system was failing her, and she wasn't getting the attention and support that she needed. And so I took matters into my own hands, and she loves it. I love it. And um, I actually brought her on as part of my business. So she's a personal assistant and marketing specialist. So she'll wear promotional clothing for me. And um, when I do um, in-person events, I have her check people in. And it's no different if somebody were to come up you know, like with your with your name, if you were to come up and say your name, she'd probably look at you like you just spoke Chinese. But if you spell <laughs> it out, because she knows how to read and write, she would be able to find it just as easily as somebody who was, you know, of age, of normal working age. Sure, sure, sure. And sure. so she knows how to use a computer, and so she can do basic stuff. But because she's technically on my payroll, it makes working together that much better. And we're able to spend genuine quality time while I'm working. And she doesn't realize what she's doing. You know what I mean? Like she's like, I'm helping mommy, but she doesn't realize the huge role that she plays. That's that um, is a huge role. That's and that's I gotta send you kudos for that. That is that is absolutely amazing. Because um, I've I have a I have a 17 year old, um, and he's off in his own world and in, in flying and and video editing. It was it's kind of funny. I'm I've been trying to figure out how to get him involved in my business because what I do does not interest him at all. I mean. He wants to go fly planes. He loves editing videos. So last night I popped my head in because, <clears throat> as you know, we're doing this live, even though we don't have video. I, I popped in my into his room last night and I said, "Hey, can you separate audio off a of video?" And he starts chuckling. He goes, "That's easy." I said, "I didn't ask if it was easy." I said, "Can you do it?" And he goes, "Yeah." I'm like, "Cool. I'll have two for you to do tomorrow. Is that all right?" He goes, "Sure." I said, "All right, cool." Well, what he doesn't realize is I'm slowly recruiting him. 
<laughs> right? Yeah. Well, that's the thing too. Again, it's all about like monetizing your passion. If you can get him to figure out that, hey, you know, maybe this is something that I want to get into. Um, well, especially because he's so freaking good at it. Um, he's got a YouTube channel. If you ever get a chance, go look up Generic Onion. Uh, and anybody else for that matter. If you guys happen to do it, and I know this is a shameless plug for him, but I honestly believe this kid's got a talent for video editing, and it's it's he's a he's an excellent. He draws like cartoons. He can draw cartoons like you wouldn't believe, and he does it freehand. The boy is abs, and it's it's hilarious. I've explained to him he's got one heck of a talent. He goes, anybody can do this. I said, yeah, but nobody does. I said, not like you do, and that's that's where you have to get your head clear on. Your value is going to be based on the fact that you have something or can do something that others can't and will pay for. He still hasn't gotten that concept yet. But you, you're already teaching your daughter how to do it, and she's not even, quote, unquote, of age. The cool thing about it is, is you know, you can deduct some of her paycheck. That's really good. Um, I do. Another, yeah, there you had a girl. Um, another story for another time. Actually, I think Ryan's going to probably talk about that one next week. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, being able to bring – your family into a business uh, and and have them enjoying what they're doing and getting paid for it brings it as long as it doesn't become a job because you and I both know that one too as long as it doesn't become a job and it stays as a passion it's no longer work and I think a lot of people mistake starting a business as well this is my passion yeah but the moment it becomes a job or actually becomes work that passion is going to die how would you? And here's here's the next question. And by the way, thank you for sharing that. I congratulate you on your on your on your you and your daughter and being able to spend that time together. That's freaking awesome. Um, how would you? Oh, uh, now I just lost my question. I should have wrote it down. See how that goes. <laughs> and I've got coffee. Do you have your coffee, by the way? Is do you have a cup of coffee? I do. This is called I do. I have, I drink a, reason. <laughs> a homemade mocha. Yeah. Wait, homemade mocha. You have a recipe? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's pretty simple. I just do. I use instant coffee just because uh, Keurigs aren't as consistent for me. So I just take a <clears throat> the Nescafe dark roast. Um, I put two tablespoons in. I do. I have um, vanilla syrup that I use, the coffee syrup, and I yes, put yes, two yes. teaspoons of that in, and then I'll put in uh, a tablespoon of hot cho- instant hot chocolate and uh-huh. in some hot water. And there you go, homemade nice. mocha. I'm gonna ask you to write that up in a in a message on IM, <laughs> so I can do that. It's good. I call it my go-go juice. Uh, yeah, I'll take go-go. I take go-go juice anytime. Trust me. I, I think I drink too much coffee in some cases, but it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So, any other thoughts that you might have? I mean, with regards to what it is that people can do to just find like digging into the systems, like you. That's your specialty, workflows and systems that automate. What do you think are the biggest ones that people should automate? Or is there a particular thought process that you have in deciding what processes to automate so that something doesn't become a job, that they don't lose their passion over what it is they're trying to do? Well, I think that's there's a couple layers to that question. So okay. first, and foremost, uh, first and foremost is, is this task taking away from my zone of genius? Ask yourself that. Another mm-hmm. thing is, is there a certain task or activity that you're doing on a regular basis? Um, like, you know, scheduling clients is a big one. So mm-hmm. contact, uh, calendar. 
or having to turn away people once you get on the phone. Could you have put a questionnaire in order to rule them out before you actually got on the phone with them? Right. Little things like that, automating your finances. Um, you know, and that can, with your payroll. Like I actually, I am, I'm on my pay- payroll. Um, mm-hmm. I don't just like go into my accounting and take money out. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something that can be automated. Um, scheduling your content, even creating your content, that has its own system. But as far as scheduling it, um, I use Airtable for pretty much everything, um, including my finances. And that, that tool is free. Um, you can get a premium version. Um, I believe it's $10 a month. What's it um, called again? Airtable. Airtable. Spelled as, it, yep. as as we would assume? Air and then table? Yeah, it's, it's spelled the way, yeah, but it's one word. It's all one word, okay. Um, cool. So I use that with Zapier, and um, that helps automate a whole, whole bunch of things in my business. Um, I would automate. You know, I've never really been able to get into Zapier. I just, I don't, I maybe I just don't get it. We'll have to talk about that one day because I know it's supposed to be a really useful tool, but I, oh, it is. I yeah, and I've, and I've heard people just swear by it, but I mm-hmm. don't. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe it's just because you're you're not seeing the again workflows and how they work together. Yeah, um, to that's see, probably it too. Yeah, which things that you can genuinely remove yourself because as as you know, freelancers and solopreneurs, whatever you call yourselves, you know, we have a hard time of letting go sometimes. Well, even you know, small business owners. Or, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, or just even control issues. So yeah, yeah, and, and that's usually what it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The control part. Yeah, but sometimes yeah. it's just a matter of understanding that you know this this one quick little workflow change can free up um, free your day up and you know give you ten, twenty, thirty extra hours. And that, I think I think that's one of the things because I I do deal in automation when it comes to you know online marketing and things of that nature. So I can do that stuff, but the workflows and automations when it comes to Zapier and stuff like that, that part I haven't figured out yet. So I guess we got to talk again offline about other stuff. <laughs> yeah, the thing too, though, as far as lead gen, so much of lead generation can be automated, oh, and we, what we people don't understand. Yeah, and then that's where you have it on lock. But I mean, so many people don't see that, so then they're wasting time chasing people around who have no interest in what they do. Absolutely and so, true. Every day, it, yep. it 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 kind of blows my mind, in all honesty, that. If you just set up that that like I used Dubsado as the CRM and, mm-hmm. and automated for intake and invoicing all that stuff, which is fine. I guess the other operational parts of my life is where I need to figure out how to use Zapier stuff. Um, and again, we'll have a conversation about that another time. But I think a lot of people miss like you know using Airtable and Zapier, using Dubsado or using something to replace the ten dollar an hour job. You know who talks a lot about this? Frank Salas. He's the one that talks yeah, a lot. Yeah, he and I have a ridiculous amount of overlap in what we do because he also does real estate, he does marketing, yes. he does yes. Um, yes. outsourcing and automation, yep. um, team um, building. Yep, he's he's one of those digital nomads that everybody wants to get a piece of, and and he's intentionally separated himself from his business so that he doesn't have to do it, and and he's mm-hmm. done it smartly to the point mm-hmm. where he can, as you said that kind of productive where he's got more time to himself. I mean, a kid does yoga every morning, every evening. He's always out relaxing. He's now doing this whole, whole food guide out in Bali. I don't know if you've been watching yeah. his feed, but damn, that boy's eating good. <laughs> and and uh, for cheese, yeah, that's, yeah, no kidding. For cheese, you might as well, you give me a fishing pole and he'd still be eating cheaper than me. Anyway, yep. um, especially because I'm in the desert. Ha ha ha. I think one of the greatest parts about 
automating a business is that regaining regaining or reclaiming of time. Um, you know, there are a lot of businesses that tout it as far as um, some of the, you know, like the direct sales or some of the network marketing businesses that are out there. And, and I give them credit. They, they, they teach people how to sell, which is good. Get them out of their shells, blah, blah, blah. But even that has a cap. But when you automate like the way you teach and you, when you put workflows in place and systems in place that take, up, take a lot of that heavy lifting off your shoulders, I think people would see a huge difference in, in, in a way, it, it would almost come out to, I don't know what to do with myself now because I got all this time. Which, mm-hmm. And which that's what happens to my clients, actually. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I was going to say, I, I wouldn't doubt that happens to a lot of your clients because they've been so used to work, 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 work that they don't know anything else and it's become their identity. And, th- and th- I bring this up because, you know, for those of you listening, if you're in that space where you actually feel like yeah, shit, I don't even, I, I don't know which way is up. I can't see past the fog. Uh, I'm not clear on what I'm doing. Uh, you need to talk to somebody like a Danielle. Uh, and by the way, you can find her online on Facebook. If you just look for her page, you can find it. Uh, New Legacy Financial Solutions. You go find her online. Go find her on Facebook. I'm telling you guys, this is somebody you want to talk to. If nothing more, to see if you know if you if you can just sit and chat for a second, I guarantee you, your conversation with her is going to have your mind blown. Our first conversation that we had um, was already mind opening to me, and it was just a small little conversation. We didn't get into heavy business or anything, but I said, "This one's a brilliant one. This one's a real smart one." You're like you're Frank, Diana, all our our circle of friends. I I would suggest for those of you that are in business. If you feel any of that, and even if you don't, honestly, <clears throat> there's always room for an improvement statement, right? Even if you mm-hmm. don't, you'd still want to reach out to Daniel. And here's the whole premise of that. Even if she can give you five minutes of valuable chat, I mean, just talking out some things and giving you some great ideas, the amount of brilliance that comes out of this lady will want you having, it will want you paying her anyway for something. <laughs> but don't sit there and hold yourself down thinking I can do this all myself. You can if you want, but if you don't want to lose your identity, and this is the this is the warning that I'm putting out there for anybody who's a solopreneur, entrepreneur, small business owner, don't let your passion become so much your identity. You don't know what to do with yourself when you have time. It, it, you, you'll lose you'll lose your family. You'll lose your you'll lose your own identity. You don't want to do that. You want a business that works for you. Not that you work for. Would you agree with that, Danielle? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why, you know, as much as I've talked about productivity, um, I think more importantly, um, what I do is just organized efficiency. Thank you. And that's that's got to be the best description of what it is that you do. That is awesome. Yeah. Because it's more, and I literally, you know, um, you know, as you see all over my social media, I turn chaos into cash. Yes, and you do. so it's, it's not a matter of, you know, being productive, that's not where that chaos to cash comes from. It's from, you know, organizing, you know, the hot mess express that you're on into something <laughs> that you can, you know, can, you know, guide you forward to freedom, essentially. And so that's, you know, at, at its core what I do. Because just, again, just so too, you know, I'm, I'm literally going to put a banner up for this, for this anchor cast. Like when I, when I put it up, I'm literally going to put a banner up, get off the hot mess express with Danielle. <laughs> That's, I'm, I'm telling you, that's what I'm doing. That is awesome. I will always that's use the that. Title. 
I like it. But I mean, as, you know, back to what we were saying about, um, you know, a, a problem, a good problem my clients have is, you know, after they're done working with me, they don't know what to do the, with themselves. And mm. that's where I hit them with the investment. So that's when I, you know, put back on my financial hat, real estate hat, and I can help them make their money work for them long term because I'm all about the long go. game. Yeah. And so well, I can get them both sides. I think most people should be more on the long game, even in private lending. What we do is, you know, most private lenders are like, here's your loan, go do your deal, good luck. And we happen to be quite different. We actually look over their shoulders and go, hey, before you even think of applying for this deal, it, you need to get this in line first because mm -hmm. we're not going to lend on it if you pull this off. If you pull this to us, we're not going to do it. And here's why. And then we tell them and we show them and then we teach them. It's kind of like a, a there's a slight mentorship, which is what you're doing with your clients as well. There's a slight mentorship in private lending to teach people. This is the bridge between you and bankable. This is the bridge between you having to pay 12% to going down to 5% and making 7% profit in between. The, the idea of, you know, that whole thing. But it's, it's when you can show somebody you actually have a lot more time, let's just get rid of the deficiencies here. Let's just automate a few things. Let's get the $10 an hour jobs handed off either to somebody or something else. So that you can have more time to go out and have that lunch, play that golf, take a vacay, go veg out in a in a in a meditation, you know, whatever. People's one, for the most part, that conversation lights people's fire. You see their faces light up. Like, wait, this sounds too good to be true. And it's like, it's not here. Look, it's not a too good to be true thing. It's it is true thing. You've just never looked at it this way. Mm -hmm. So I'm, so I'll say it again for those of you that are listening. Go find Danielle because she is the one that will get you off the hot mess express and she can help you get some things put in line and, and really get your business on I, I don't want to use the word on fleek what's the what's the other term get your get your business on path there we go make sure that it's yeah. working right. we have yeah. a, we've had just a couple minutes more and I just want to leave it open for you to just go freestyle what do you think what do you think people should hear from Danielle that that would matter I mean, and it doesn't have to necessarily be about business, Daniel. Just, just go freestyle. Have at it. What do you say? Um, I would definitely say, I mean, I will start off on the business side. Um, when you're first beginning, you have a, a just a shit ton of time, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. a lot of times people do come to you uh, or other, like I said, lenders, successful entrepreneurs, et cetera, mm -hmm. for asking for money, you know, mm -hmm. and that's, oh, I just need $10,000. I just need $5,000. And that's frustrating, um, you know, especially for me as somebody who writes business plans, I see it all the time. Mm -hmm. And my goal with my clients working with me is, you know, don't need a bank, be a bank. Yes. Right? And that's the end goal. Mm -hmm. And so if you, if you think about, I mean, just, again, leading with value and what you're going to do to make an impact on the marketplace the money won't be a concern because if you get people along with your mission to help them see your vision as well, they'll mm -hmm. support you without even having, <clears throat> having to ask. Right. And that will in turn change things on in your personal life too. Because again, with MLMs and direct sales and whatnot, they're always setting up their friends and family first. Yeah. And that's yeah. the wrong answer. And that yeah. burns bridges as well because it's like every time you come up on a new quote unquote opportunity, I got this great new thing. It's going to make us a lot of money. Why don't you just sign up and join? 
then every time you reach out to talk to them, they're going to be like, oh, shit, it's so-and-so again. They're going to need more yeah. money. They're going to need me to, yeah. they need me to buy candles. Oh, it's Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And then you have nobody. Yep. You know, it's yep. just you approach things the right way, which, again, not everybody knows what the right way is. But, you know, just approach it cautiously. And instead of thinking like a business owner, think more like an investor in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Would you buy from you? Would you invest in you? And mm-hmm. if you can't say yes, hundred percent, not because it's your, not because it's your baby, but if you can't say yes, hundred percent, then you need to get back and, you know, maybe find a part-time job, you know, mm-hmm. humble yourself. Mm-hmm. You don't have to hustle because that's the thing too. I've been pretty fortunate in that I started young and I've, I've never had to struggle. Right. Cause I've, I've always, I've had a pretty solid foundation to build upon. I didn't have daddy's money. I didn't have any handouts. I didn't have any of that. But what I did have was a solid idea. I had a plan actually, not even just a solid idea. I had a plan and that's what people are missing, whether they're in corporate or on the entrepreneur side, they're missing a plan and they're missing the, the whole concept that it's okay to pivot. You can pivot. And, uh, and and move forward. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. I was just going to jump in and say, you know what? That's one of the big things that people have a misconception on is changing direction doesn't necessarily mean doing a full 180 or doing a whole change. A pivot is a lot different. And it's okay to do that if you have to, especially if you're in a startup situation. I'm in a tech startup now, and we made a pivot recently from corporate office sales to event solutions. Now, you would think they're divergent. The product hasn't changed. <clears throat> the product's purpose has. And where it focuses to get revenue sooner than later. And because in one in one vertical, it's saturated. And there's probably only about a year and a half left of actual real revenue that you can get out of it. So we're just going to put that with dealers and let them deal with it. On the other side, though, there's nobody. There's one other company that's kind of trying it, doesn't really know how to do it. And we've already got, as an example, we're at a very large event in Orlando right now at one of the flagship events uh, with Microsoft. I, now, I can't, I can't tell you how that all is working out. I can say it's working out very well. There are a lot of discussions going on, good ones. But that was because we decided to make a pivot after an event that we had attended and focus on something different. And now all of a sudden, we're in consideration for some very large things. So a pivot is not a bad thing. Continuously pivoting just because, that's not a good thing. That means you're not your, your plan needs to be revisited. Mm-hmm. But making a pivot is not a bad thing if it's going to get you a, pro, a path to profit a little quicker. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of considerations, but that, again, that's one of the reasons why people come to you and I is because they look at us and they go, I'm not even sure what I'm doing. Exactly. Oh, I, and, I mean, oh, this and I don't know how to get there. I'm a living testament to that, too, because, you know, when my agency closed down, I had a legal agency, um, mm-hmm. closed in 2015 when my daughter mm-hmm. had her fourth open heart surgery, mm-hmm. and I switched to working almost exclusively online, and it was a mm-hmm. huge jump for me because prior to that, I got most of my business from email marketing referrals Mm -hmm. in person Mm -hmm. and so the whole online social media marketing was a brand new monster for me and I'm not gonna lie it was rough Mm -hmm. and I started off as the budget babe and so I did budgeting I did accounting financial literacy because I saw a huge hole 
And that's, you see all these people who are promising you to make six figures in six minutes. You know what I mean? The whole bullshit. Overnight millionaires. And I was like, that's not how it works. Because it's like, for one, no matter how much money you have, if you can't manage that, having more is just going to cause more problems. And having more is not going (laughs) to... You know, it's just it's just going to be a huge detriment to you. So six figures sounds great that you can brag about that. But, Mm -hmm. you know, what good is it really doing? Well, the most part, the most part of two is a lot of people that we um, a lot of people that we come across that sit there and go, yeah, I do six figures a month. I'm like, is that your net? And they go, Mm -hmm. exactly. Exactly. Because because over half of them are out there spending it like sailors. Mm-hmm. Not that that's a, not that that's a bad thing. Hey, listen, if that's what you want to do and that's your goal, that's fine. Not not mm-hmm. down in that. But a lot of the ones that I've spoken to, they go silent because they know they're overspending and they know they're disorganized on their budgeting. And I, I look at them and I go, listen, if you're telling me your six-figure net, awesome. You have my respect. If you have high five-figure net after six-figure gross, okay, you're managing. You come back to me and tell me your low fives, you got issues. And you need to fix it. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of them do. They, they stay silent. And I'm like, yeah, you already told me where you're at. I think, and, and I think it's a misnomer to a lot of people too. Like you said, the guys that are out there selling these big six-figure deals, they don't really share how long it took to get there. Because yep. that shit wasn't overnight. Exactly. Not, not a chance. I mean, unless they were born with a silver spoon, not a chance. That took a lot of hard-ass hustle, a lot of sleepless nights, and a lot of crazy frustrations. You and I have yeah. both been through that. So it's yeah. like, okay, how do we be on how are we honest about this? Or let's be honest about this. Mm-hmm. The, I think the more that we are, the easier it is to come to people like yourself, myself, and go, you know what? I'm doing okay. I need to get some stuff fixed. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of honesty actually makes it easier for consultants like our, like ourselves to really sit down and go, okay. Let's let's write it out, figure out where you're at, and then from there, like I just had that kind of a consult with somebody. She was completely transparent and honest with me. I was like one of the most refreshing consultants, consults I've had in a long time. I did my own site. Great. I'm looking at it right now. She goes, I really don't know what I'm doing. I'm like, well, I'm glad you told me that because I was about to call you out on it. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, this is one of the things I need help with. I just know that I love this and I do this and I do this. And I'm like, it looks like you need these three things. I said, now the question becomes, do you have the budget to make them happen? Because what you're asking for, I don't care who you go to. In fact, I'm probably going to be midstream in comparison to some of the people that you're going to come across. And you're going to come across some of them that are going to try to charge you major dollars only because of what you have. And she's like, I'm not sure. I said, okay, I'll send you the proposal, which obviously comes out of the side. And if she accepts it, it goes back to a, an actual call. She accepts the proposal, an immediate agreement goes out, and then an invoice goes out. The moment it's paid, we go to work. That's part of the frustrating, that was one of the frustrating parts that I had, that I finally got rid of, um, was dealing with all of that stuff. Because in our in our industry, it's proposal, agreement, invoice, and then the fight to get the actual cash. Um, it's really, that's that's been a big weight off of my mind. <laughs> yeah, good, 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 good. And see, automation to the rescue. Oh, all day. Oh, my gosh, all day. Um, and, I, and I think it'll only get better as time goes along. But again, it goes back to having the right systems, understanding, being transparent, not falling prey to the, the, the gurus, if you will. Everybody's got a freaking information product. I just had Eddie Martin on here yesterday uh, talking about um, how he likes to do it. He 
doesn't sell info products. He does consult. He's like us. But he doesn't sell info products. He doesn't believe in that stuff. He'd rather just tell you. He'd rather just give you the information. If you wanted to work for you, obviously that's a different discussion. But as far as asking for information, I think we all kind of follow Seth Godin in that respect. It's like, look, you want to ask me a question, I'll tell you the info, no problem. You want me to work? That's a different. That's a different uh, conversation. So which yeah. which is it? And and I I think that if people get honest about that, I think they'll have a lot better results. Yeah, well, yeah, especially like the kind of support they need. And that's again, you know, when I was the budget babe, it's not that I was. I mean, for one, the name was a terrible moniker because I think it made people think I was cheap, and that's not the case. Um, the other part of that is. What I would do is I would help people when I would organize their finances for them. I would help them figure out, okay, well, you know, there's three numbers. You have your your current budget based off all your expenses. You have your ideal budget. And then you have what I call a magic number. And that's the amount of passive income you need to cover your minimum expenses. Right. So then from there, I would build product suites around, you know, again, what they like and what they want to do. And then, again, around their finances. So that's mm -hmm. truly what I did as the budget babe, but nobody saw past the fact of, you know, the budget and stuff. And again, part of it was not knowing how to properly market myself under that, mm -hmm. but then mm -hmm. I slowly pivoted to what I know best, and that's business development. And so that's how, you know, now when people ask what I do, I'm a growth strategist. And if I want to be a smart ass, I tell them I, I turn chaos into cash, and then they're like, oh, wait, what do you mean? <laughs> you, need to, you need to IM that to me so I can use that. Not for me, for you, when I send you referrals. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. All day. That is cool. You, you got some great stuff, girl. I mean, as far as being able to brand and stuff, I, I, we need to get you promoted more out here in the West, I think. There's a lot of people that could use what you do. I, I, don't, I don't do in specific what you do. Mine's is more on all the, just the social media and lead gen stuff. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have to talk some more about that. Cool. Well, listen, um, that's, that's about the end of our time, love. And, and I got to tell you, it's been super enlightening for me. I, I really thank you for making time and coming and hang out for a cup of coffee. Um, it's it's been really enjoyable. I, I enjoy having talks with people like you. Thanks, and we should do this again. And, you know, if you or any of your listeners have any questions, feel free to reach out and um, get you on the right track. Get you off the Hot Mess Express. You were definitely going to have to get a few people off the Hot Mess Express. Um, <laughs> One of the things that uh, I'll do for those of you that are listening, you, you should see a link on the description for this audio for Danielle's uh, Facebook page, uh, New, New Legacy Financial Solutions. Feel free to reach out to her. Um, please know that she is busy. So she's got systems in place, but if you're going to reach out to her, have a real purpose, please. And make sure you understand what your business is before getting with her. Or it's going to be a lot of time spent figuring out what your business is. <laughs> and, and as much as she's good at that, that's, that's not where her brilliance lies. Her brilliance lies in how to make it work and how to make it scale. How to get you back to life. So, again, thank you, Dove. I appreciate you. Every bit about you. I uh, wish you and your daughter all the best. Yes, we will do this again. We'll have to schedule it. Um, I'm thinking maybe we can do a Christmas chat or something like that and talk about some of the fun things that go on around holidays if, if you're down. Okay. Sounds good. Sweet. All right, guys. Well, thank you again for listening. For those of you that are my anchor fam, love you guys. Make sure that you share this out wherever you're at. Um, I, I think there's a ton of gold. I got, I got like a page and a half of notes here. So <laughs> 
Uh, I hope the rest of you are doing the same thing. From me to all of you, love you all. Take care of each other. Ciao for now.